Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ghost in the Night, a hauntings and paranormal podcast. I'm Phil Sam. Thank you so much for joining me today for this episode. I greatly appreciate it. Today, we are going to discuss why paranormal investigating is so damn hard. It's not easy work. Not everybody is cut out for it. That is exactly what I want to talk about in today's episode. So let's get started. Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. Before we get started, I just want to remind everybody, I am really excited about Podcorn, the podcast player that pays you to actually listen to podcasts. I use it, and every time I listen to podcasts, I accumulate Podcoin, which I then can turn into some sort of gift card from like places like Amazon, Starbucks, Target, and places like that. Or if I choose to, I can also donate those Podcoins to charity and help the less fortunate out. If you want to get started with Podcoin, just head on over to wherever you get your smartphone apps. You can download it in for Android or Apple. Go ahead and log in, set up an account. It's totally free. While you're setting up that account, go ahead and use the uh, promo code GHOST and you will get 300 Podcoin to start you off. So head on over and check that out. I recommend it. It's the only podcast player I listen to anymore. So let's go ahead and start with the podcast. Now, paranormal investigating isn't what you see on these paranormal reality shows. And that is exactly what they are. They're just reality television. They are designed to entertain you. They're not necessarily focused on proving the existence of spirits or aliens or whatever. They're designed to keep your attention and keep you coming back each and every week. And it's much different when you actually become a paranormal investigator and go out and do these things. Um, Like I said in the intro, not everybody is cut out to be a paranormal investigator. It takes a certain mindset. And what has arisen from all these reality shows is a fan base that has, I don't how can I say this, kind of clouded the pool of paranormal investigators. They are so gung-ho and so paranormal, or let's use, let's talk about spirits and ghosts in that realm, since that's majority of what you see out there. They're so ghost, pro-ghost, it makes it difficult to be rational, to be open-minded, to be scientific in understanding of what is going on when you experience these types of activity. You can't be a 100% gung-ho true believer and be a paranormal investigator because we've talked about confirmation bias and there's all other kinds of things that goes on in our mind that play in a, that have an effect on us while we're investigating. And you have to be conscious of those things. You have to be aware that your mind is 
going to look for something. Your mind is doesn't like to fill in. It doesn't like blanks. It wants to fill in the blanks. It wants to have an understanding. And paranormal investigating by its nature is full of question, full of blank, full of those blank spots. And so your mind wants to fill in. Like I talked about, just like I mentioned just a minute, confirmation bias. If you go in looking for a ghost, odds are you're going to find it. And I don't think you can approach a paranormal investigation that way. Or especially, I hate to use the term ghost hunt because that's really, there is a definite difference between a ghost hunt and a paranormal investigation. A ghost hunt, you're going looking for ghosts. Paranormal investigation, you're going to look for answers to those questions that we don't even really know the question. So that's what makes paranormal investigating so damn hard. But when you go in looking for ghosts, you're going to have an experience most likely because that is what your brain wants. That is what you're craving. And that is kind of what these shows have produced over the last 10 years or so is people looking for ghosts and having these experiences that might not truly be paranormal experiences. From my estimation or from my experience, I guess, 95 to 99% of paranormal experiences are not truly paranormal. There is some kind of rational explanation. Something caused that to happen. And our brain interprets it in a certain way. We might not truly understand the physics or what is the reasoning behind that activity. So we lump it into paranormal. And paranormal experiences or paranormal evidence is just like, it's a catch-all term. Just because something is paranormal does not automatically make it a ghost or a spirit or the dead trying to interact with us. It's like the term UFO. UFO means unidentified flying object. But in the media, when you has conditioned us, when we hear the term UFO, we automatically think of little green men from outer space. That's not the case. It means unidentified flying object. It means we just don't know what it is. It doesn't mean it's from a galaxy far, far away. No, it just means we don't know what it is. Same thing with paranormal. We don't truly understand what is causing these situations or causing this experience or causing that noise or causing that EVP. So it's paranormal. But it doesn't necessarily mean it is a spirit reaching out from the afterlife. And that is why it's so hard. And in today's world, it seems like with every EVP you get or every knock or every creak, or every bang that you hear on the wall, they automatically want to attribute it to a ghost. That's not always the case. You have to do your due diligence when you experience that activity and try to figure out what caused that activity. Now, if you try to replicate it, you can't do it. Okay, it's interesting. It kind of moves into the paranormal. You can't explain it. We can't explain that, what caused that particular situation or that particular piece of evidence or that happening, so it moves to the paranormal. But that doesn't mean it's a ghost or a spirit. That just means we don't understand it. We don't have a rational explanation for it. You have to move on and go further and take the whole investigation or all the experiences into account and form an opinion. And let's be honest, it's an opinion. There is no 100% guarantee that there is an afterlife. You know, nobody has proven it. There's only, I've said this before, there's only one way to know 
And once you figure, once you hit that point where you find out, you're not probably going to be able to tell anybody. So that is what makes paranormal investigating so hard at times. We we don't know. We're trying to solve a problem we don't even know the equation to. We we only have bits and pieces of the puzzle, and we're trying to solve put this puzzle together. And we have a vague idea of what's going on, but we don't have the full picture in view. We don't have the box with the picture of the puzzle. No, we have a fuzzy little concept or idea, and we're trying to fit these pieces together. That doesn't mean someday it won't be a clearer picture. I personally, from what's been going on in the news lately with scientific breakthroughs and scientific theories, I think paranormal and science is moving closer together. Now, there's some people that will argue that and say things like quantum physics disprove paranormal investigation. But if you look at what's going on at a subatomic level, that's some paranormal shit. It's shit we can't even fathom. So I think it's moving closer together, and I'm going to devote you know future episodes to kind of that concept of how um, I think science is kind of moving closer together. But that's for a later date. Now, another reason why paranormal investigating is so damn hard is these shows, and I'm always hearkening back to these shows, have made paranormal equipment so important. I'm a a strong supporter. I'm a supporter of using equipment to help document evidence, but it's not the end-all be-all. I personally think we are the best paranormal piece of equipment out there. We are loaded with sensors. We, Our body reacts to the environment. So we need to know ourselves and use that more so than an EMF meter or a bell meter or a K2 meter or, you know, a thermometer, you know, a digital readout thermometer that measures temperature, humidity. I mean, all this stuff is important, but it's not the end-all be-all. I personally think things like EMF meters and other devices like that are really should be used to rule out known reasons or known causes of paranormal, like EMF. We all know that EMF has an effect on us. Sound waves have an effect on us. So we need things to document and measure those levels to kind of rule out, okay, this room or this particular area does not have a high EMF field. So those feelings of paranoia or feeling like somebody's watching you or standing behind you are a little bit more genuine when you don't have an excessive amount of EMF field, which those things, EMF can cause those things. So when you don't have a high EMF, constant EMF field, okay, that paranoia, you feel there might be something more to it. Now we have to move down the checklist. You know, you have to take into account carbon monoxide, have a carbon monoxide detector or a meter or something to measure carbon monoxide in the surrounding area because carbon monoxide can also have those same kind of effects on you and plus it's you know health effects or the negative health effects are well documented but it can also explain some of the paranormal experiences you might be encountering so you need to use those for that purposes now a lot of people use k2 meters for communication purposes which is Fine. When you, it is interesting when you do get a spike in an area that is not highly charged with EMF, and you get some spikes, 
but it's not 100% proof that a spirit is trying to communicate by lighting up the little lights. So you have to take it all with a grain of salt. You have to look at the big picture. You have to take all the evidence that is acquired and analyze it and try to form your best opinion. And that is what, you know, I try to do. So equipment is important. I've stated in the past, you need a digital recorder just for documentation purposes. Um, some sort of video camera, preferably something, you know, in the full spectrum range or IR camera, a still photo to still photo camera to, you know, document still photos. But you have to be careful with all of that unless you are an expert in photography. You know, sometimes still photos can play tricks on you. Um, your your brain wants to connect dots and wants to see patterns and things. So sometimes, you know, if, that's what where I, people take pictures of, you know, them scrying and looking into a mirror and they see a face. You know, your brain wants to connect the dots and wants to find patterns in situations where there are no patterns. And that is why we get some of that sometimes. I'm not saying all the time. That's the case, but you have to look at those photos with a skeptic eye and not say, ooh, there's a face there. Boom, boom, that's proof of the paranormal. No, it's not. That's not proof. It's proof that there might be something there, but you have to look at it rationally. You have to look at it calmly. So those are all good items, but once again, you, like I said, you have to look at them and have, you have to look at them very skeptically, but not cynically. You know, there's a big difference, and I've talked about this in the past, between being a cynic and being a skeptic. I am a believer. I believe in the afterlife. I believe that a lot of, I should say I believe that we're dealing with ghosts. I believe we're dealing with something. I'm not 100% sold that it is a ghost or the spirits of the dead. I'm, but I know, I know there's some kind of supernatural explanation that we don't understand causing some of this activity and it's the activity that you can't really prove the science you know i think there is something to this you know maybe multiverse or dimensional type theories where maybe they're just these paranormal experiences or these evps are actually just catching bleed off or bleed through from other dimensions other universes or whatever. I'm not a scientist. I don't know the exact terminology, but I think there's definitely something to it. I'm like I said, I'm not 100% sold that it is a ghost or it is a spirit looking to communicate with us or relay some message, but they're definitely, we are definitely experiencing something. I've experienced it. If you've listened to me for any amount of time, you know that I grew up in homes that were loaded with activity. My previous home that I just moved from had activity. And a funny story about that is, you know, that house had always had activity from, I've lived in it for 20 plus years, probably. And there's all, there was always pretty good amount of activity. Doors would close on their own when I know how the, how the heating and air works. And there, it wasn't that there wasn't enough window. So was it a spirit closing the door? Very well could have been. I'm not 100% sold on it, but I think if if I had to, somebody held a gun to my head and said, are you going to pick it? I'm going to say, yeah. Something supernatural, not of this realm, 
open the door or close the door. The house was loaded with that kind of activity. But as I go on more investigation and I have started to pick up or ramp up my uh, investigations and my studies on on this kind of stuff, I, you know, act- activity in the house kind of started to dim a little bit. You know, you always talk about people saying when you go on an investigation, you need to protect yourself. You could bring something home. In my experience and thus far, it's been the exact opposite. I think whatever has or whatever, if there was a spirit in my home or my previous home, kind of said, oh, okay, he's getting into this. I better back off. So I'm not, I have been focusing more on the skeptical side of things and trying to debunk things rather than trying to prove. I rather debunk a piece of evidence than prove it is paranormal, if that makes sense. Um, Because when you debunk something, you're thinning out the herd. And that makes or gives that much more credibility to things you can't debunk. You know, it moves it closer to the paranormal or maybe even spirit side of things. But if it's just funny that the more investigations I do, I have done, that activity in the home kind of slacked off a little. It didn't 100% disappear, but it became very sporadic. Um, it was just few and far between. I, you know, it could be a coincidence. I don't know. Or it could be my mindset of being more skeptical as time has gone on and trying to focus more on the skeptic side and debunking side that that activity kind of lessened a little bit. So that's just, it's interesting. I, you know, I don't know if you want, you can contact me on Twitter and give me your opinion on why you think that might be. Um, But it's just, it's fascinating. And this is really a hard field to get into and do for those very reasons. And when we come, I'm going to take a little break. And when I come back, I want to talk a little bit more about these um, paranormal shows and why it's kind of making it that much more difficult to be in investigate the being a paranormal investigator and actually investigate ghost activity or any kind of paranormal activity. So when we come back, that is what we're going to talk about. We are now officially back, and I want to kind of go over what it is about the. Uh, reality paranormal shows that makes paranormal investigating so much more difficult in what I'm going to term as the real world. And I have to connect some dots here, so you're going to have to bear with me a little bit. Now, first of all, I'm a big believer in the energy aspect of the paranormal in our existence. I believe our energy affects the energy around us and vice versa. So. When you go on an investigation, you have to do it with the right mindset, the right attitude. If you go on an investigation with a piss-poor attitude, you're going to have piss-poor results. Your your chances go down from slim to none, and so on. So you need to approach all these things in the best possible frame of mind, the best possible attitude, promoting or pushing out the best possible energy. That's my opinion. Now, when it comes to these reality shows, we watch these things, and we have to keep in mind, 
most of these people are entertainers. They are filming a show to entertain the masses, and that trumps all. So they put, I don't want to, yes, I do want to say, but that is first and foremost the most important thing they're trying to do. They're trying to entertain. They're trying to get people to come back and watch every week or every time they have a new season. And so they are doing some things that are acting in certain ways, which are not ideal for paranormal investigating. And I mean, not to pick on Ghost Adventures too much, but like Aaron from Ghost Adventures, he is so easily excitable and that his, his personality, that's great. I'm not knocking anybody for that, but sometimes that is not the best way to be on an investigation. You need to be cool, calm, and collective. You can't get too high. You can't get too low. Because when you get too high, things, that energy affects the surroundings. That could affect whatever energy is around us. Now, energy might be the wrong word. That's just the word I'm going to use and kind of, you know, I don't know exactly what it is. I'm just using the word energy. But it affects everything around us. It affects other people. So, if you have somebody that you're investigating with is easily excitable, easily scared, or real jumpy, it's going to affect how you investigate. It's going to affect your investigation. So you want to be surrounded. You want to surround yourself with even kill people. And I'm sorry to say this. If you are easily scared, you're easily excitable. This isn't the right activity for you. You need to find something that's more beneficial to that because I've seen it. I've seen it once. I've seen it 10 times. Somebody you're with an investigation, you're doing an investigation and you are with somebody that's easily scared or jumpy or something happens and they just, I don't want to say go off the rails, but they exacerbate this situation and they, with their energy and their presence and they make a big deal out of it, things will start snowballing from there. You can. I've done this. You can sit back and watch one person have an experience, and be a little bit boisterous about it or whatever. And then you can just watch it build. And it's like people are feeding off that. So that, in my opinion, from my experience, that kind of activity, that kind of behavior. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's not great for investigating. So. When that starts to build, one person will have an experience, another person, and it'll just keep going and going to where everybody's having an experience. Now, in most cases, going back to my theory that 99%, 95 to 99% of what we experience are is not actually paranormal, that just clouds it even more. So you, if you are hearing footsteps or you hear a disembodied voice, you know, it's you should document it, yes, but not go, oh my God, I just heard a disembodied voice, somebody just touched my shoulder, or whatever. You don't want to feed it. You you don't want to charge the atmosphere because other people will pick up on that and they might have start to have an experience that it's not necessarily genuine and it's not really paranormal. It's just their mind playing off that person. So, you know, it kind of goes along with confirmation bias. If you go into an investigation expecting to see something or making a big deal out about, about seeing something 
on the paranormal side, your mind will find something and satisfy that need. So, but it's kind of the same concept. Your brain will just play follow the leader. You need to be investigating with the right kind of people, and you need to keep cool, calm, and collective during an investigation. It's just the way it has to be. If you want to get the best, or give yourself the best possible chance to get legitimate paranormal evidence, that is the best way to do it. And it makes going through such evidence that much more easier. Remember, your mindset, your attitude, and the people around you plays a big role in it. And that is why what makes it so difficult. Because most of the people who listen to this podcast are probably members of paranormal teams. And it is a very diverse group, odds are. You all have one thing in common. You have share a uh, interest in the paranormal, but it's a diverse group. I'm getting to the point where I almost would prefer to go alone. I definitely don't do public investigations. Well, I shouldn't say I'll never do a pub, another public investigation, but I don't like to investigate in large groups because it does affect the evidence or the chances of evidence that can be gathered. The more people there, the more people interacting with the surrounding or the atmosphere in that particular location does affect everything that goes on. So I don't, I'm not a big fan of these big teams. So you need to definitely kind of watch who you're investigating with. And these paranormal shows really play up on the idea of making it fun, you know, becoming entertaining. And that's not always the best way to be during an investigation. So keep that in mind when you're going to become a paranormal investigator, or you go out on a ghost hunt, it's not what the shows make it out to be. Because 95% of those shows are full of shit. And they're not about, they say they're about finding evidence, but they actually aren't. That's not their number one goal. I mean, I mean a perfect example is, was it Ghost of Morgan City? That show is such complete horseshit, it's not even funny. They play up to the crowd, or they play up to the viewer, they, which, you know, is what they need to do to gain viewership, but it's such bullshit. I mean, that's like the one paranormal investigator on it. I mean, come on, dude. He's a demonologist and an ordained minister. Let me let you in a little secret. For about 60, 70 bucks, you can have the exact same thing. When I did the paranormal or the uh, demon episodes, I actually took one of the classes just to and engage my knowledge and see if there was anything I didn't know. I took one, I paid the money to actually do that or take that course. I didn't really learn anything new. I knew it all. I, they said it took, would take about 40 to 60 hours to complete the course. I did it in about three hours. And they said, who will send you a certificate? I said, or they said, we'll send you a certificate. You are a certified demonologist. Uh, no, I'm not. And keep your certificate. I'm good. I'm not a demonologist. I have knowledge of demons, but that does not make me a demonologist. And, you know, he says he's a demonologist and an ordained minister. I can get a, become an ordained minister in 15 minutes online. So that is not what you need to do. You know, it's not about that. It's about experience. It's about learning, always learning new stuff. And in one particular episode, the last one I caught, 
you know, they're hearing a growl and he immediately jumps up. Oh, I'm not having this. That only adds to the charged atmosphere. You know, he puffs up his chest and goes, I'm doing a cleansing. I'm going to clean this house. Okay, that's great. But with your, it's great for television, the way you handle the situation. But in real life, that is not what you should do. There was no obvious threat. They heard a growl. And that was it. We don't know what that growl was, people. So that was made for television. Now, I'm not saying they didn't hear a growl. They probably did. But the whole reaction to the growl is where the problem is. So you can't, I mean, it's just complete and total horseshit. And I I watch the shows, but if you actually think that is paranormal investigating, you need to get a clue. You need to get a grip. It's not. That's not what it's about. And that's not how it, I mean, in theory, it's how it should be done. But you need to be normal. You need to have a calm demeanor. You can't be excitable. Sorry. Because that's just going to feed your mind and feed the people around you. Just keep that in mind when you go out on investigations. Be in a good mood. Have fun with it. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. If you do get a knock or get something or hear something or get touched, okay, document it and move on to the next. Well, I should say document it, try to debunk it, figure it out, and then move on to the next experience. That's the way it should be done. It's not that big of a deal. That's the goal. That's like you want to eat dinner. You don't get excited when you eat the dinner. You don't hoop and holler. No, that's that was the goal. You fixed dinner, you ate it, job done. So you need to be calm, cool, collective, because your emotions play a big deal, play a big role in paranormal investigating. So that is my best advice, and that is the way I want to address an investigation. That is the way I want to investigate. Now, if you have any questions or you have any comments, You can follow us on Twitter and let me know. You can comment on the comment section at ghostofthenightpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, comment there at this particular video of the podcast. You can get involved in the conversation. If you think I'm crazy, if you don't agree with me, that's fine. I don't care that you don't agree with me. It's not an exact science. These are my opinions that I have formed over my investigations over my research and trust me i do a lot of research i spend most of my free time doing research on this shit but i'm always open to your opinions and your comments so you can like i said comment twitter at night underscore ghost or subscribe to youtube channel and leave me a comment there also you can send me a email at ghost in the night podcast at gmail.com great way to get a hold of me and let me know what you think about how you should conduct yourself on on an investigation, what makes it hard. If you have something else that you feel makes paranormal investigating that much more difficult, let me know one of those ways. That's going to wrap up this episode. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. 